Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona and the monsoon season. It is here and it looks like it's going to be a good one. So remember last year, those folks new to the area, you think that this is dry like this all the time. No, no, no. This this is more normal to see. I mean, I, I can never think of a year as dry as last year. This is more like we're used to. So cloud cover, humidity's going up, and it was all that heat we had last week or 10 days ago. It heated up and so it creates a almost like a vacuum effect. It just pulls the moisture up out of Mexico and, and swings it up through the mountains of Arizona. It's what we live for. The plants need it. And so they haven't seen moisture in a year and a half. Well, now they're starting to see at least humidity. Plants are able to pull some moisture, not a lot. They can pull some moisture from their foliage. Mainly they pull it from the roots. The, the, the workhorse is from the root zone, but some foliage from their, from their foliage. So anyway, they're going to they're gonna benefit from this. Now we just need consistent, typically it's afternoon rains. And so that's going to be the, the game changer. And really, this is what's going to water your landscape, the forest, uh, the, the main. This is, the, this is what plants need. Your irrigation is simply a lifeline that keeps them going until the rains come. What I, what I would advise when I'm telling my friends right now, what I'm doing myself, and my name's Ken, and we're just friends, we're, we're, we're neighbors talking over the back fence, and this is what I'm doing with my own landscapes. I'm going to keep that irrigation going. It's, I bumped it up a little bit because it was getting kind of warm until I see some serious, until we get a, an inch, two inches of rain over the course of, of a week or two. I'm going to keep that irrigation throttled up. A- additional. I'm hoping to keep the surrounding soil, this, this, the rest of the soil that's not around that irrigation, I want that to be hydrated. And that's what's going to tickle the feet of those those plants, they're going to want to root out away from just the irrigation into the surrounding soil. That's what makes them more robust, more drought hardy. This is what gets them through hard drought cycles. So plants that grow here in the, the mountain west, they need to get familiar with really dry spells and then really wet spells. And so you want to get them adjusted. So until that surrounding soil gets hydrated, in addition to just where your drip system is, I'm going to keep the drip going. So I know the plants, they just, they're relying on that. In fact, many of the plants have sacrificed all the outside roots. They're so dependent right now on your irrigation, but they don't have any roots outside of that. So yeah, we might get some moisture, but they're only picking up the moisture from your irrigation cycle until they start to root out, which this... When the monsoons hit, it's like a a second spring, a second growing cycle. We really have three real serious planting seasons here in the mountains of Arizona. It's unique to us, this little bubble of the Southwest. We have the traditional spring planting season, which we've all done. The tomatoes are doubling in size right now. They're just growing like crazy. Um, 
And then we have the monsoons. When this warm, wet summer season, you can see a whole nother flush of growth on those shade trees. You can get those junipers to really plump right up. You can get your perennials to rebloom right now. Rosa Sharon's crepe myrtles take over. They look their best. Roses will flush another set of, of, of roses, another set of flowers during the monsoon rains because the humidity is up. There's some shade for them. Clouds create shade and there's moisture. And so it's like the trifecta for plants. They just thrive when the ground is warm, the, the nighttime temperatures are warm, the humidity is up, and, and they're seeing some rain. Rain is unique. It's neutral to pH. It's got the best type of water for them, whereas your irrigation is typically very high in pH. It's like off the charts, like your skin wants to crawl pH. Uh, but, but now rain is... It's like the perfect balance. It's what everyone wants. We should all be so lucky as to drink rainwater. And then there's some afternoon lightning strikes. So as lightning crosses over through those clouds, it burns the air, which creates, which nitrogen infuses the rain. So now it's, it's almost got a mild fertilizer to it. It's like heroin for plants. Just like, Ooh, this is so great. Let's go for it. Let's just grow some more. So they really like this, this wetter monsoon season. Now we get to see how wet will it be? If you listen to your weather people, they go, oh no, El Nino, El Nino, we're in this weird cycle. We're not going to get the moisture. We'll be drier than ever. We're all going to die. Or they'll go, yeah, it looks like it's going to be wetter than ever. We're, we're all going to be living. I don't know, but we'll never fill up the lakes. You get all these different bantering voices you don't even know, and none of them know until you get to the end of the cycle, into the season, into the monsoon season, which will take us really into September. So we've got a good two to two and a half, three months of this type of afternoon rains are possible at any given time. But don't be tempted because you got one rain to cut back on the irrigation yet. Get two or three good rains. That's going to be the game changer. Right now, you really need to be taking advantage of the rain to encourage new root growth. So your plants, they are stressed. I don't care how good they look out in the yard, they're stressed. They didn't like it that hot. They don't like being just on irrigation. They want afternoon rains, and they're looking to grow new roots. You need to encourage them to, to extend their root structure down and out. Uh, so and the way you do that is you fertilize them. Uh, for anything that's stressed, what I'm doing with my yard is I'm giving them all-purpose plant food. It's a 744 cottonseed meal, bird guano, sulfur, iron mix. And we make it here at Waters Garden Center. It's just magic for this time of year. I'm sprinkling this. You just chuck it on the ground and the rains will take it in, or the irrigation, mainly the rains. So you need the rain to take it in. It's going to get into that upper layers of the soil and then the plants are going to go, ooh, it's not only moist, but look at this. It's just rich in food. And they'll start reaching out their root structure for, those, for that food. You'll see it directly affect the color of the plants, the bloom cycle, uh, the, the elongating more foliage. And so you'll see it act by the end of the month, by the end of July at least. You'll see it going, whoa, that, that really worked. Your red-tipped botanias will be lush and full instead of weak and thin, emaciated, uh, chlorotic, 
uh, not growing. They should be vibrantly growing in red. Your, your, your evergreen should be rich, dip, deep green. Well, you'll see that happen as soon as you put some food down and then some rain. It's a game changer. So the other one that I'm doing, I'm putting humic down, H-U-M-I-C, humic. It's made by Fertilum, or no, Natural Guard. Natural Guard humic, H-U-M-I-C. It's humic acid. So what humic acid does, it works in the opposite of a fertilizer. So the fertilizer feeds the plant. So you see better, better growth, bigger leaves, stronger stems, longer stems, bigger fruits, better flowers. It feeds the plant. Humic feeds the soil. So the worms, the mycorrhizal colonies, the living things in the soil, your soil should be alive, vibrant, and well. When your plants are planted in that, they look at that going, whoa, something's going on with this soil. This is good stuff. Wow, there's food here and it's alive. I'm going to really root. And so it, it, it kind of tickles the feet of plants so they start to root out deeper into the ground. So I'm doing both of those right now. And I'm trying to be in the front side of this monsoon rain, humidity, moisture, grow cycle. Take advantage of it. It's a good time to start planting things because you're taking advantage of, if you know that's how plants are reacting, it's a great time to plant a new tree, a shrub, a hedgerow, privacy screens, new roses. You can really take advantage of this. It's almost like a, a second growing season. So you'll also see this play out with the weeds. It's growing grow time for them too. They're going to take off. So your tumbleweeds, which are so cute and little, now they're like, overnight, they're, they're as big as a uh, a toaster oven. Now they're as big as a, as a cooler. Now then it's going to be as big as a VW Beetle. They get huge. Like quick. They're growing fast. And your landscape's growing fast too. A lot in store for you this show. Don't go anywhere. Be right back with more garden tips, tricks, and garden hacks after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? We thought there's some value in sharing that over the airwaves and podcast and streaming all over the place. Things being picked up. I'm getting people from 
just had someone from South Carolina <laughs> asking questions from all over the place. So yeah. well, it's kind of fun fair. to see the, the reach or the sure. influence. Yeah. You got quite the glow, my dear. Oh, I thought I had something in my teeth. No, yeah, I got this lake glow <laughs> to you. You look good. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Just back from Lake Powell's uh, time on the water. Lake mm -hmm. Powell had a family reunion. Right. It's kind of nice. It was very nice. A lot of fun. Had the grandkids, the kids. Everyone showed up this time. Everyone showed up. Usually someone like our son's in the army. Yeah. He's off. and some, He misses a lot. He misses a lot. It's hard yeah. being that corporate military mm -hmm they're deploying you changing you kind of stuff they just right. just uh, got word they bought a new house mm -hmm. they're going to be moving to colleen texas colleen? yeah somewhere colleen. fort hood yeah. basically in between waco and uh, dallas mm -hmm. so they're going to move from el paso fort bliss he's a captain he's a basically a pa physician assistant for a clinic there and he's got all of his medics and he takes care of well Soldiers. So COVID's kind of coming down off. He's kind of nice not to be so much COVID driven, <laughs> tracing everyone. And now it's more like real. I stubbed my toe. What do I do, doc? Can I fix it? Should I? Well, I think it's more than stubbing yeah. toes, but okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's fun. Just can't wait to see him. They move, I think, in two weeks two or weeks. some crazy thing. The new house is ready. They'll yeah, if the there. new house is ready, <laughs> they're supposed to close. They close their house in El Paso like the 26th, like today. Okay. And then the 15th, they got a closing on their new house. They're going to live out of a U-Haul trailer and Airbnbs for two weeks right. while their house is being finished. Hopefully it gets finished. Pray for them, folks, if you would. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. So you don't know about closings of houses. Closing but when you got three small kids, too, that you've got to, it's a challenge. Their name is James and Teresa. Lane, three mm -hmm. kids, so it's fun to have them. <laughs> it was fun. Then all the other kids came, and we basically played in the water, played in the water, and played in the water. And the monsoons had hit, yeah. so it looks like uh, we got rained three days out of the six days we were on the lake. Uh, near and some wind. And some wind. wind. The boat held. If you, any of you that have houseboat, houseboated, you know you anchor those things down well, and then you still don't know if you're going to make it, <laughs> if the wind's going to blow you away. It we, didn't. Lost, we lost a canopy and yeah. something else, but hey. Pop up. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Let's talk gardening, not about playtime and vacation. Well, talking and water about and being on vacation, Elizabeth was on vacation for about two weeks. She came back and yeah. her roses looked like they'd just been dusted with oh, white yeah. goo. So yeah. she wants to know, I mean, it's bad. So her question is, is there anything she can do or should she just cut them back oh, no. and kind yeah. of start fresh? Or? So, so it depends on how bad it is. So there's two choices. So we had some of that. We had some powdery mildew. It sounds like what Elizabeth is working with. We had it show up on our euphorbias of all things. Oh. One in the back. It was fine when we left. We'll go for a week, come back, and it's starting to get this wilty, has this dusty white mm -hmm. look to it. And I sprayed it with triple action. I think last night. I'll follow up here in a few days. And if you can do that, if it's not too bad, if you're ahead of it and you just catch it early, triple action works really well. If you catch it late, two weeks may be too late. Yeah. Uh, there you need to get to the bigger, more stronger stuff. There's a, a product on the shelf here. It's called Revitalize. Revitalize. Um, or copper sulfate, either one of those. Mm -hmm. Revitalize is kind of an organic. We'd start with that. You spray the foliage. 
And you'll spray it every couple of weeks until you see the new growth coming out clean. Right. And then you probably are, are ahead of this thing. Mm -hmm. If it's really bad, it's dropping leaves. It's completely white. It has stopped blooming. There we get drastic. And there we trim it back. We pick all the leaves off. And it's going to be harsh. <laughs> but you pick the leaves off, which is all the spores and stuff. Then you spray it with revitalizer, fertilize it. And the new growth that comes out, which will be like within days, right. will come out clean for you. So it depends on the status. You might bring a sample in in a Ziploc baggie, please, because powdery mildew spreads so easy that you really want to get on this. Don't let it go. Yeah. So, But hopefully you've had a good vacation. You're, <laughs> You're ready rested. to work hard. You're ready to, <laughs> to garden some. So it's all good. That is true. <laughs> Very true. So I'm going to have to put reading glasses on because... I can't read the other questions. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, those are nice looking reading glasses. <laughs> those folks on the podcast are looking at the stream. Wow. You see it. <laughs> Sorry. No, you look great. Get it all. So Dan has a question. He lives up by Groom Creek and everyone yep. is saying, watch out for bark beetle. Watch out yeah. for bark beetle. His question is, what specifically is he looking for? Oh, sure. And what does a bark beetle look like because he sure. sees lots of beetles he just doesn't know what they're supposed to look like if you see now beetles are hard, bark beetles or ips beetle are very specific they like the taste of pine trees or conifers i've seen them migrate over to, to spruce and first and the other things but they started the pine trees and they move over to other stuff and they are bad so what do you they're they're tiny maybe an eighth inch a third of an inch long i mean they're just tiny tiny but they attack the 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 trees by the thousands. And so you'll see colonies underneath the bark of a, of, a, of a big ponderosa pine. It's been there for 100 years. You'll peel off the bark. In fact, as they die and they get an age, they get some age, the bark will actually fall off. You'll mm -hmm. see the burrowing underneath that tunnel. It's quite pretty, actually. <laughs> it's horrific death, but yeah. they die from starvation because they no longer, they girdle the tree, can't get water from the roots up to the tree, they die. So what do you look for? Look for pinholes. These are tiny beetles. It looks like someone took a, a bobby pin or, or a, and just poked a hole in the bark. That's the exit tunnel mm. of a bark beetle. And so I've got a, a on our website, if you're really interested, you can go to watersgardencenter.com. Just type, there's a search bar in the upper right-hand corner. And this, this is not just a website static. This is an encyclopedia. This podcast will be on the website. Our YouTube videos, channels will be on the our store. Garden columns, they're all stored there. But in the upper right-hand corner is a search bar. Just type in bark beetle. I've got a, an entire list, what it looks like, how it acts, how do you... How do you go about it? How do you attack them? How do you protect your trees? It's a one-page thing on just bark beetle. Okay. Uh, that's probably the best resource I can give you that's very specific for us here. Groom Creek, the central highlands where ponderosa pines mm -hmm. are active. So I have a lot of people worried. They see the big black beetles yeah. floating around. They're worried that those are the bark beetle. Oh, no, no, no. Those are stink bugs or, right. or blister beetles, something... We have so many beetles. Now, in the <laughs> mountains of Arizona, it's dry. Right. So most of your problems are feeding off of either the roots. They're down in the So grubs, mm -hmm. uh, they're feeding off the roots because it's moist down there. Or they're burrowing underneath the bark because it's moist. Or uh, they're feeding off the leaves 
like aphids, thrip, because it's moist. They're going after right. the moisture. Mm -hmm. And so bark beetle burrow underneath the bark to go after the sap and okay. the moisture. So a lot of beetles come from grubs. And that's usually what those are. It's a mm -hmm. different kind of beetle. So right. they're, look for, if you see that, look for white worms in the ground. They're eating the roots off your trees, <laughs> not the bark off your trees. <laughs> So anyway, pestilence everywhere. Well, we don't as it's not as bad as the Midwest or some no, of the other humid not. areas. But yeah, yeah we got Every some things place to watch. Has yeah, insects you have it's to gardening. watch. It is being aware of it. You betcha. Yeah. Do we have time for another question? I think we had a minute. Put your glasses on. I think you're a hottie. I, mean, I like. <laughs> yep. So Sharon has a very hot southwest corner. Yep. Needs a tree that can get at least 15 feet wide. Wants a couple of recommendations. Oh, most trees get 15 feet wide, so that's pretty easy. So the short short ones that are wide, crab apples, red buds, what else? Service berries, choke cherries, purple leaf plums, they all do that. Mm -hmm. That's where it's, go to our website, top10trees.com. They got all the measurements right, right there. It's a great resource. You can see the price, the size, they're all right here, or better yet, Come on down. We like talking to gardeners <laughs> face to face rather than an email or right. or whatever. So we'd love you tuning in, checking out and ask questions. But sometimes if you're really serious, you really pull the trigger, come and touch and feel. And the, the yeah. plants will actually, they'll call you. Definitely. I want you to come in. Yep. All right. We are out of time. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners will be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Oh no! My pine trees look terrible! Never fear! Plant Protector is here! Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into this oil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Weeds I am noticing coming up everywhere along the side of the road. Some people's yards, it's just they're nothing but weeds. They're so easy to deal with especially with a rock lawn so we have lots and lots of rock lawns here in the southwest instead of grass lawns we just put weed fabric down spread you know mocha colored rock over it and call it good and it's supposed to take care of all the weeds Ugh. it doesn't quite take care of all of them most of them it greatly reduces the numbers but the the dust and the rock finds and 
things settle on top of the fabric, then seed come in, and you can still get some weeds. They're very easy to control. If you don't have weed fabric, they're almost easier to control, but you got to do a couple things. One is weed and grass stopper. There's a while you're fertilizing things. It's this is the month. Now through the end of July is a peak window for fertilizing everything in the landscape. Just make sure you're not using a synthetic fertilizer. This is uh, your turf builders and uh, the the the, the petroleum-based, chemical-based fertilizers. Don't use those because what happens is you'll chuck those out there and they're very easy to use. They're, they're typically pretty inexpensive. Uh, but what happens is you'll get an afternoon rain, a gully washer, just it fills up all the, the dry washes are now flowing. Well, the chemical fertilizers are so water soluble, they get picked up and they basically get flushed out. You're putting all this money out there. Yeah, you're, they're 15% they're less expensive, but they're 10% as effective. They just don't do the job like an organic, like a more natural food. Because of the way the afternoon rains come with the monsoons, it picks that food up, liquefies it, doesn't take it in the ground. It just takes it and flushes it down the dry washes. And so you're almost filling up our lakes with chemical fertilizers. It's the most offensive thing I could think to do for yards. If I could, I would outlaw all chemical fertilizers, especially during the the summer season, especially the monsoon seasons, and I'd force everyone to use organics. We've actually here at Waters Garden Center, we just totally made the made the call. We gave up the Scotts any Scotts products, which is kind of like stupid. If you're a retailer, it's easy money. Stack it high, watch it fly. It's easy money, but it's not the right thing to do for local gardeners. There's better fertilizer. So we made our own fertilizer because we couldn't get another company to listen to us. So they're used to dealing with the East Coast or the, they call it the Great Garden Arc from basically Washington, D.C. up to Boston, over to New York, uh, up to Chicago, over to Seattle. And that, that's called, the, that's where most of the garden products are made for. Your garden shows, they're all from those areas. There's no garden show for the mountains of, of the, the West. There's not enough bodies here. And so, and we use different products. We have different needs because the plants are reacting differently because we're higher altitude. There's a lot of reasons for it. But anyway, go off on my soapbox there. <laughs> I would use organic fertilizers. I made a 744 all purpose food that is great for anything, all things perennials, grass, trees, shrubs, roses, vegetables. It's all purpose. So, and it's made to react with our natural cycles, our monsoons. So organics break down much slower. They don't liquefy with one rain afternoon. It takes several. So you get a three-month feed instead of a three-week fertilizing that you would from a, a chemical-based fertilizer. So fertilize everything. But going back to where we started, weed and grass stopper. You also, at the same time you're fertilizing, put weed and grass topper. It's a granular. You sprinkle it out there. As the rain hits that or your irrigation, it releases and goes into the ground and creates a barrier, kind of like weed fabric, only in, in a granular form. And so as the, as the rain hits that, it creates a two, three-inch barrier that does not allow seed to germinate. It mainly only affects seed. Sometimes minor, real small weeds, as they just start to come up, it can affect them. But basically, if they've got a taproot, 
it's not going to work. You need to be ahead of this, in, in front of weeds. So weed and grass topper prevents the weeds. It's a weed preventer. So you put it down over in between those roses, out by the front street where that strip is, where just weeds grow like crazy, tumbleweeds get huge. Put it down there uh, where, where goat head is now dry and going through your socks. Put it there. That's an annual. We're, we're, we're uh, uh, whorehound and, and goat head, that one that spreads out like a ground cover but has hundreds of seeds that want, want to poke your, that make you limp going across the yard. That's an annual. It only comes back by seed. Put it there. It'll really be a game changer and really reduce the amount of labor you need. A bag covers, I think, five, 6,000 feet. One, it's like 25 bucks, covers 5,000 square feet of your yard. That's huge. No more labor out there. So I put it down twice a year. I put it down January 1 and July 1. Those two cycles, because typically of your winter weeds, those are dandelions, foxtails, things that come up in the winter. Then you've got your summer weeds. The monsoons are causing them to grow and grow fast. I put it down right as the rains come, and it prevents probably 95% of all weeding. If, if any weeds do come up, they're really easy to get out of the ground. So those two things, fertilize, prevent those weeds with weed and grass topper, and the work that you're gonna do out in your yard and, and how it looks, be totally different than your neighbors on either side. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back. This is Lisa Waters Lane, her segment, all about her because life in my world should always revolve around you. That's right. And my dogs. And your grandkids. And, and your kids. My kids and, my and your dogs. <laughs> Have you got our next dog planned out yet? You already know the answer to that. This, this is for is, the listeners. Yes, I do. <laughs> but I'm waiting. I have to sneak it in. Have to sneak it in. Just wait till one of them dies. You get another one. Wait two dogs at a time. No more than two. We can't have a pack. And travel size is good, preferably yes. that goes in an airplane. It would be travel size. Ah, perfect. So we had our little miniature schnauzer, Callie, up yeah. at the lake. That dog, it's a lake loves dog. the lake. Loves loves, loves boats. the boat. Loves the lake. Loves to swim. She was yeah. all over the place. She's a better swimmer than the Labradoodles, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, just uh, pretty much keeps up with even labs. Yeah. There, she's uh, she's a schnauzer. You wouldn't think of a schnauzer as a as a water dog, but she was raised on the water. She loves right. the water. She did great. She yeah. loved it. So yes. Oh, you want to talk about gardening? Well, I was thinking about what the other. I was waiting for the uh, <laughs> other foot to drop. You've already got another dog order, but I, oh no, no, <laughs> not yet. Okay, good. Sometime. Yep. Some point. But yes, gardening. So while we were gone up yeah. at the lake, yeah, we got in something that I have been trying to get in for a while now. So I was pretty excited, and I thought I would let our listeners know that we were actually able to get in some really great dwarf fruit trees oh awesome that's super unusual right. those are hard to find we haven't had those in a few years yeah, we can we can find the peaches and the nectarines pretty easy the pixie peach pixie yeah. nectarine bonanza those we've had those we've been able to find but i always have people asking for apple trees and pear yeah. trees and i'm always like no i don't have it can't get it no i don't have it can't get it well we finally got some in so true dwarf mm -hmm. not, not semi-dwarf not nope genetic dwarf like the miniature like knee-high stuff but just a dwarf i right. want a, an apple tree that's half the normal size yeah. so these will be about 10 by 10. perfect yeah, or you can perfect. shape them to whatever you want okay but pretty exciting so, so should we should can i just explain what the different sure. types of trees are just for listeners can. that are so, so there's the standard size fruit tree mm -hmm. this is what your grandparents grew they could be almost a shade tree if you have larger properties Perfect. That's your standard apples, be 25 by 25. Your standard peach, 20 by 20. Your standard plum, maybe 18 by 18. And then you got semi-dwarf. So these are all grafts. So we're grafting on different kinds of rootstock. And the roots control how large the, that actual Fuji apple, Honeycrisp, Macintosh gets up by the roots. Mm -hmm. Same fruit size, but the tree is physically smaller. So semi-dwarf will be about 25% smaller than a standard tree. So instead of 25 by 25, it's an 18 foot mm -hmm. semi-dwarf apple tree. Then you've got dwarfed. These are usually half the size of a regular tree. So mm -hmm. they're, they're pint size, tree form. Maybe they're instead of 25, they're 10, 12 feet by 10, 12 feet. So it's 10 by 10. And then you got genetic dwarf. These are tiny guys. Again, the same, same peach, same size Alberta peach, but the tree is only hip high. Kind of this cute little ball shaped, looks cute. So you've got standard, semi-dwarfed, dwarfed, and genetically dwarfed trees. There are four different sizes. The fruit doesn't change, but the size of the tree mm -hmm. changes. Did I do that justice? Sure. Sounds good to me. Okay. And you were going with the dwarf sizes. Yes. Yeah, I love it. So most of the ones we got in are apples. Okay. Um, but we did get one Bartlett pear as well. Oh, self-fruitful. So good. Bartlett pear, self-fruitful, dwarf size. We also got in the Fuji apple, which is that really nice red like apple. Fugees. We got Honeycrisp. Yeah. We got Johnna Gold. And we got Red Macintosh. Ooh. And so we got all those in the dwarf apple trees. Jonagold, the best apple, like uh, uh, you know, sauces, leathers. Oh, yeah, my it's gosh. a nice sweet apple. Eating off the tree, honey crisp. Mm -hmm. Macintosh, kind of old school, but it's got this crisp tartness. Mm -hmm. It could be baked. It could be eaten right off the tree. It's like the most versatile apple of all of them. I know Fuji, Granny Smith, Jonagold are all self-pollinating. Yes. Honey crisp is not. Right. 
but Macintosh is that so? No, but I think okay. Honeycrisp cross pollinates a Fuji and vice versa. Okay. Okay. So you do need buddies sometimes right. for fruit trees. They need twos. So uh, <laughs> you got to do the homework. This one, come talk to us. Right. So we'll make sure you don't make a mistake. And the Keep trees the need trees. to be not side by side, but kind of in line of sight. Don't put mm -hmm. a barn or building. Don't put one on the patio in the front, the other on the back patio right. on the back. Put them kind of in the same front yard. So and they'll pollinate. The bees yeah. will do all the work mm -hmm. for you. I will, just as a side note, let you know, too, we got some more apricots in. When We've had a heck of a time finding apricots this year, uh, so we did get some more apricots. So if you've been waiting for one, now's the time. And you say apricot, I say apricot. You say potato, I say potato. <laughs> yeah. All the same. Uh, so some of the other edible type things that we also have in right now, because it's a great time to still put in your, uh, if you want to put blackberries in, raspberries in, grapes, ideal. you yeah. still have time. Ideal time. We have a great selection of raspberries right now. We have the Canby, which is probably the most thornless of a yeah. raspberry you're yeah. ever going to find. Yeah. You <laughs> can still handle has it. some. You can handle it and not yeah. wear gloves. Right, right. Yeah, be careful, but just oh, you, yeah. don't, you don't need gloves. Right. Everything else. You better wear like full on gloves. You still look like you're in a cat fight. <laughs> right. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> so we have Williamette, we have Caroline, and we have Heritage that oh, are nice. all raspberry, red raspberries. Yeah. And then we also have uh, Marion Blackberry, which is a blackberry raspberry hybrid. Yeah. So that's a nice one too. A lot of people look for that one, a little harder to find. So definitely want to check that one out. We also have the Prime Arc. Perfect. The Blackberry, which is a thornless blackberry so if you don't want to have to fight the thorns that's a good way to go and arc i too i think it's shorter isn't it? and it fruits on right. it's single year wood so there's a lot right. of benefits with that arc mm -hmm. series because most black most berries form on second year wood you got to prune them just right got to be more of a gardener mm -hmm. but the arc series just blunder your way yeah. you have bushels of bass berries it'll be fine right you can definitely blunder your way with that one um, we also have some figs in, if you're into figs. We have the uh, brown turkey fig and the black mission fig. Nice. And I think there might be a few Chicago Hardies okay. in. Um, and the figs do well here. You just have to remember they're going to go completely back. And it's going to... You're going to act perennial. <laughs> yeah. They're going to they go back to the ground. Mm -hmm. They're going to come back fresh. And they don't... They wait till it's summer. They don't. They want the ground warm. Hot. They like they're actively growing now, and mm -hmm. they'll actively put fruit on now through autumn. Right, absolutely, you and betcha. big fruits, big, big, nice, juicy. My mouth just watered thinking about this. <laughs> well, good. I think my grandfather used to be out there protecting his figs. I think every day he just kind of camped out in a lawn chair and a stick, <laughs> and just kind of kept it till all those figs. He ate them all. I think mm -hmm. uh, good protecting his figs very, very good, good for, for you. Uh, we also have a lot of nice grapes. In. And we are like in the a really great environment for growing grapes. Oh yeah, perfect. You know, they kind of like that more alkaline soil, don't they? Yeah. Just kind of the the climate that we have for it is perfect for them. Yep. And if you've got a fence line or you just got some trellises up, grapes are per pergolas. Really well, we have natural grapes naturally grow here. There's a wild grape that mm -hmm. just grows around. It doesn't form a very big grape. It's not right. a very nice grape, but it's pretty. <laughs> but if the native ones will grow, you know the the you know the agricultural type oh, yeah. of table grapes mm -hmm. will be amazing. And there's quite a, there's more and more vineyards oh. here. Oh yeah, definitely. But we have a lot of grapes in. We have the zestful um, 
Monrovia Zestful series, which is um, a dwarfed. Right. Yeah. And they have a red grape and a, a golden, they call it golden chalice. Okay. Really Ooh. nice. They have big fruits on them. They're really nice and, and great taste on them too. Uh, we have the Marquette, which actually is a red wine grape. So that's a good one. We have some Concord Seedless, which those are my favorite. And then we also have the Swenson, which is red. And we have the Kennedys, which is Kennedys. a red. That's a great hearty one. Boy, so again, yes. dwarfed varieties. But the same, the fruit is not dwarfed. The plant is dwarfed. Great choices. A great time to plant dwarf trees in your, or dwarf edibles, I guess, <laughs> in your backyard. Kennelisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Thanks, babe. See you in a bit. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are purple robe locusts, vining achevia, Prescott sunshine geraniums, and easy elegant roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Trees. If ever there was a time to think about trees, it's now. This is such a good time. And it's super unusual to hear that. Like Phoenix, it's just too hot. You can't plant anything down there. It's just hot. Here, what's it going to be, 90 Plus, there's 35% humidity, and it might rain this afternoon. That's perfect. And it's going to cool down to, you know, 70 degrees. That's perfect. Plants love that. And so really, in the mountains of Arizona, it comes down to two things to success. You want the soil to be warm, which in the summer it will be. And you want the nighttime temperatures to be warm, because now they're growing 24-7. Whereas in the spring... Plants are growing during the day because it's warm, but then at night it gets freezing or close to, it's under 50 degrees, and they just kind of shut down. So they grow a little bit slower. Right now they're growing fast. Everything's growing fast. Take advantage of the fast growth. And it's doing it because of the nighttime temperature. It's still growing. And the afternoon rains every once in a while with some humidity. Game changer in a dry climate. And plants know that. And so this is such a good time to be planting trees and to be fertilizing. I would say those stressed out natives, the ponderosas, pinion pines, ceanothus, the, the, the privets, all those native looking manzanita, they took it in the chin this season. Boy, they're dying out in the middle. They're just suffering. You can tell they're stressed. That's right. Fertilize them with the all-purpose 744 food and some humic. It will change their color keep them from dying any further, and help them to root out some more. But take advantage of the rooting, the, the success of that. Big now it's time for big, big trees, big shrubs, privacy screens. This is your chance. A new shade tree. You know that new back patio on your house? 
it's just been roasting. It's been so hot you can't enjoy the outdoors except for after sundown. Well, with a nice new shade tree, you can. And so you know, everyone wants a, an aspen tree, which is great. Aspens do well. Uh, they're going to grow at all elevations. A lot of folks think, oh, I can't grow a, an aspen in Dewey or, or Skull Valley. or, or Williamson. They'll grow anywhere. Will they naturalize? Can you get them to root out for a couple of years and then let them go all on their own? Probably not in Prescott Valley. Chino Valley is just windy. They'll grow, but they'll be dependent on the irrigation. But you've got drip irrigation going to those. You know how to water them, keep them going. So they actually do. There's some beautiful specimens out in Dewey. I've personally grown just beautiful aspens down in Skull Valley, Kirkland. They're beautiful, but they'll need some moisture. They'll need some irrigation, some care. Uh, now up in Aspen Creek, Highland Pines, uh, uh, up towards... The Copper Basin areas, the Williams, Flagstaff, of course, they're naturals. You just get them going, they'll take care of themselves. Most years, unless you get a drought year, then you might have to hand water them every once in a while. But there, there's some great, I tell you what, birch trees. A birch is much hardier than an aspen ever dreamed of being. You still have the same white bark. They can come in single trunk or multi-trunk, but they're just more robust and they do well. They've got a little bit different leaf. So poplar tremuloides. That's a trembling leaf poplar, an aspen. That's, that's what we're talking about. Well, birch are sort of like that. Their leaves don't quite tremble as much. They waggle more than tremble. <laughs> and the, the leaves are serrated instead of round green. But they both have very white bark, very distinctive, very graceful I uh, just uh, think people come to the mountains and think aspens. They either want aspens or they want saguaro cactus. Well, you might think birch and like yuccas and agaves. They're much hardier than those two ever dreamed of being. Uh, and, and birch is actually a better shade tree, especially off a of patio, fence lines, the side yards. Uh, they, they're not hugely wide. They can get up to 30 feet tall, maybe 20 feet wide. They make a really good shade tree. Another one that's probably right up there, uh, number two seller probably, is the maple trees. Maples, especially the fast-growing maples. Are you folks in the Midwest, you're not going to believe uh, that autumn blaze maple or blazing maples or Prescott blaze maples. It's got several names. It's the fastest growing of the red maples. They get poo-pooed because in the Midwest, they get torn up by ice storms. You know, ice loads up on the branches, the branches break. Well, guess what? In the Southwest, we're not famous for ice storms. I mean, why would you live someplace that has ice storms? I would leave and I'd come to paradise called the Central Highlands of Arizona. I love living in the mountains of Arizona. This is the best of all worlds. Four seasons, but mild, no extremes. Yes, it gets cold, but not real cold. Yes, it gets hot, but not real hot. Yeah, we got some wind every once in a while. The other one that takes it, it gets a bad rap here in the mountain, the, the, the mountain west, are Bradford pears or ornamental pears. Another great shade tree. Uh, it gets white flowers in the spring, has this glossy, almost like an aspen type of, of waxy leaf. And then it's the last tree to turn red, bright red, like, like fire engine red in the fall of the year. It gets a bad rap because of the ice storms. And ice storms in the Midwest tears up ornamental pears. But we don't deal with that here. 
That's a great tree for here. It's got a deep taproot. makes super drought hardy. It's very robust. It's got all the seasons covered, spring flowers, summer shade, fall color. Even the bark is distinctive. It's not white, but it's a real light gray. Very interesting, very pretty. A tree really does well here. So I think there's some great shade trees, and this is a great time to be planting one, especially if you're new to the area, you weren't sure, I just moved in, the furniture's out of the box, pictures are on the wall, and no, it's not quite time, because I'm from Palm Springs, and we don't plant. I'm from Scottsdale, we don't plant in the summer. Oh, you ain't in Kansas anymore, Toto. You're up here in God's country where you can plant, and it's ideal time to plant. So I would, I would watch your watering. Don't, put, don't plant things in dry, crusty soil because we've not had enough monsoon yet to hydrate all the soils. But if you're planting it, you get it well watered, put it on drip system, and it, you encourage it to start rooting out. Then you get some afternoon rains now through September. You'll have twice the root mass than you would if you were to wait till next spring or next, let's, let's say, fall. Fall is kind of a famous fall is for planting. It's noted as a good time to put trees in. I personally think now's a better time as long as you watch the watering and kind of you're going to get more growth You're for sure next spring. It's going to be a game changer. I would go as so far as to say fruit trees, apples, pears, peaches. If you want fruit next spring, now, this is the time to be planting those in the ground. Get them fully rooted. They will be virtually mature by next spring, and you'll get a flush of cherries, apricots, nectarines, apples, pears, nuts, grapes, blackberries. This is such a good time because they're going to grow nonstop. So day, they're going to grow during the day, and they're going to grow at night. That's unusual for the mountains. There's a real tight window when that happens. Otherwise, in the spring, they grow in the day and then they shut down at night. In the fall, the same thing. They grow during the day or they're shutting down. They're getting their fall color, you know, October, November. And then they're storing that, those sugars, carbohydrates in their root structure in the fall. So they're not growing as much then. They are, but most of the growth is underground. You don't see it. It's in root form. So now this, this window, now through really September, middle of October is just the peak for some of those, if you're thinking a new hedgerow, uh, Photinias or Eliagnus or Junipers, well, this, this you cannot think of a better time than right now. Put it on irrigation, garden, you can't just chuck it in the ground, walk away and go on a cruise or go on that three-week road trip or you need to actually care for it. But if you do that at all, you're tuned into a garden show of course you're going to care for it. You're gardeners. I mean, that's you're nerdy about plant and dirt and bugs and when to plant cycles. And you've got funky gloves in the garage and big old hats in the, in the closet. And you just like that. You admire other people's hats. Of course you're a gardener. You're going to plant it and take care of it. If you're one of those, this is ideal. Especially those new homes. Oh, you four poor folks. You're surrounded by block walls. I don't know how you live back there. It's not, you, you need to soften it up with some vines or shrubs or trees, but that'll come. You can make that happen. And this is a good time. Take advantage of the monsoons. It's, it's your friend, not your foe, out in the gardens. You're listening to local garden expert, Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Look. If your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You tuned in to the Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I'm not quite sure where this thing is going, but but it's definitely changing right now. We're seeing just last week, so I'm talking uh, social medias. And we, we dabble in it. We actually try to be very positive, uplifting. Never anything political, religious, just positive, uplifting plants. This week, we went from, we average about 10,000 people engaged every, each week. We went to 83,000 people this week on Facebook, just alone, not Instagram. We're actually thinking about TikTok and some of these others. So we dabble in them. We spend some, a little bit of money, some energy. It's really creative, though. And that's what our team, marketing team likes about it. It's, it's working with what's going on in the garden, encouraging folks, and being positive. And so it takes some planning to do that. We went from 10 to 83,000. We're going, what happened? I looked at the post, and it came down to we're featuring family. So we're a family business, and we're showing off the different kids. I'm, I'm basically playing around with the kids. So I've got myself and Mackenzie, my youngest daughter, and just kind of totally having fun. I put a picture of a tree house. It just looks like a house and it's a tree. Super just unusual. Found it some, some random thing. Got so many comments. We've got uh, our podcast is on there. What really went crazy we made the 2021 Reader's Choice Awards. And so I've got a picture of Mackenzie, Lisa, and Amy Langley, or one of our managers. They were out there in front. And basically, I photobombed the photo with a plant in the back. So you'd hardly even see me. But it got like 100 comments. I mean, it just was shared all over the place. The one that w- really, really went crazy, Father's Day was last week. So I just had some Father's Day posts. I had, here's where Father's Day came from basically. So in 1908, July 5th, West Virginia Church sponsored the first national honoring fathers. That Sunday sermon was in memory of the 362 men who had died the previous December's explosion in a coal mine. So we're trying to honor them. So the next year in Spokane, Washington, a woman named um, Sonora Smart Dodd, one of six children raised by a, a widow, tried to establish an official equivalent of a Mother's Day for male parents. 
And so she went out to local churches, the YMCA, shopkeepers, governments, to, to drum up support for her idea. And, and it was successful. Washington State actually came up with the first statewide Father's Day, June 19th, 2000, or 1910, sorry, a decade ago. And then slowly the holidays kind of spread. And in 1916, President Wilson honored the day by using telegraph signals from Washington, D.C. to unfurl a flag in honor of Father's Day in, in Washington State. It just kept spreading and spreading. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge actually urged states, governments, to observe Father's Day officially. And so today the, the fathers are honored and celebrated throughout the United States on the third Sunday of June. Okay, that was interesting. Got some posts, got quite a few shares. What really went crazy is tying off on that. So I've got three daughters. I've got a picture of plants, prickly pear cactus outside of a daughter's windows, just as security. And I put uh, any dads like this garden tip, security tip. Got thousand shares, tons of comments, hundreds of likes. It just went crazy. So people like that one. I never know. I just have fun, creative, unusual, different. I don't know. If it's entertaining to me and it's not, it's just entertaining, I kind of share it. And that's kind of it. So there's now over 10,000 people that like it, like the page. 10,000 people follow it. 1,200 people have checked into Waters Garden Center through Facebook alone, not through Google, just Facebook. It's amazing what's happening. It's just fun. So tag us, follow us, check in with us. We'd love it. It also helps us with the big behemoth box stores of million-dollar ad budgets. Helps us compete with them, too, because they can't be as creative as local, yokel, family-owned businesses can be. That's it for this week. Come out and check us out here at Waters Gardens. It'll let us know you tuned into the show. We love talking to fans. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal, loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it too. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.